Hey everyone. Welcome back to High and Dry with Jamie and Sky. What are we talking about today? We're going to be doing an episode on our favorite sober celebrities. Yes. Or some of them. There's so many. There's so many, you guys. And I'm really excited to do this episode because when I first quit drinking, especially in early sobriety, when my emotions, it was a little hard mm-hmm. going through it. When my emotions started to thaw out, I like to think of it as those mm-hmm. first few months, I felt great physically, but emotionally I was very up and down. And I would Google celebrities that yeah. I looked up to constantly. Yeah. And I would listen to their their podcasts. I would listen to the episodes that they had on different podcasters, interviews, whatever I could get my hands on to tell myself that like this this was going to be worth it in the mm-hmm. end. And that mm-hmm. like how and now, motivational it was. Seeing so, there's so many mm-hmm. sober celebrities. And the longer it's been yeah. being sober and more we realize the people that we really look up to or a lot of the people we look up to are sober or are getting sober have been sober so today we've each chosen three yeah. to talk about yeah well we'll just get right into yeah. it yeah yeah do you, you want, want to start, start? Want sure okay so first things first i have little notes but really i'm going to speak from the heart i'm going to stop right now though and play this clip that i'm going to download and hopefully youtube will let me keep the copyright 47 years ago i was in a desperate situation in despair and uh probably not long to live and I just happened to acknowledge one day that there was something really wrong with me but I didn't realize that it was a kind of condition mental physical emotional condition called alcoholism or addiction never give up I think that's really good advice never give up because you know the thing is we get questions in our head and uh, little voices that put us down when we were kids and all that so I get over that that's what I've had to do is get over the you know, whatever trouble. Life is tough, but you just got to get out of bed, get on and do it. Obviously, that was Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> is he a sir? I think he might be Sir Anthony oh, Hopkins. Right? They call him Sir Anthony Hopkins. I think he was knighted by the queen. Wow. So wow. Anthony Hopkins just is a huge sober inspiration for me mm-hmm. because obviously as an actor, he is like one of the most talented actors mm-hmm. of all time. He gave us Silence of the Lambs oh, and yeah. he gave us Meet Joe Black. Have you seen Meet Joe Black? I haven't seen that one. I need to. Wait, and isn't Brad Pitt in that? Okay. <laughs> Meet Joe Black is one of... Speaking of sober. The absolutely bad man that I dated uh-huh. who was a very bad man. Yes. He, he was get, Joe Black. He showed he's like me, the devil, right? No, he showed me Meet Joe oh, Black and that was a consolation that. out of that relationship. Yeah. I was like... okay. You yeah, I know. You need to see Joe Black, yeah. and that was and one what of the best movies I've ever seen. What year? Because that's like Brad Pitt Prime, like nineteen ninety five, I'd say, oh or ninety three yeah. even. Yeah, yeah Brad yeah. Pitt Prime, Anthony Hopkins. It's it's an incredible film, everyone. Uh-huh. If you haven't seen it, um, so he's obviously an incredible actor. He was a theater actor, and the big thing that he just like he inspires me for a lot of different reasons, but with his sobriety. He talked about how one of the reasons that he was an alcoholic was because all of these actors and artists that he looked up to were also alcoholics. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that I glamorized drinking in the same Mm -hmm. way where I thought to be a good actor or a good artist and to produce good work, I had to be tortured or Mm -hmm. make my life harder than it had to be. Um, And that like appealed to me in theater school and when I first started kind of getting into drinking when I was a younger teenager to early twenties, like I thought it was so cool and artistic to blackout. Yeah. Does that well, make be sense? Like a tortured artist. Yeah. So, so, cool. and like, I just thought I was like <laughs> fucking how you Ernest Hemingway. Craft your craft. Yeah. And I, I really thought like my alcohol problems went hand in hand with how good I was an artist, even though they didn't and I wasn't or at like all. to get to like the depths of a character you have to like really struggle yes and life and he says this too and this is one of my favorite things is like life is so hard and mm-hmm. the sooner you accept that and try mm-hmm. to overcome the difficulties mm-hmm. the more free you'll be rather than making it harder for yourself yeah you don't need to be a tortured artist life will torture mm-hmm. you as it is you can just <laughs> oh, overcome yeah. those obstacles no way around that one that's what that's what also every protagonist story and every story mm-hmm. is like 
they overcome those obstacles. So right, no story of like he was just happy, yeah, and had a good life, or he was just depressed and sat on his yeah. ass his whole life. Yeah. It's like we like people who are faced to overcome that, who overcome exactly. Yeah. So that's one of my favorite things about him, and I really relate to him a lot, and I think that's why he resonates with me so much. He's obviously an incredible member of the AA community, yeah. and he was he was he all, like was he always a bad drunk? Um, or what was his drinking? So like? he is extremely talented and I think he was one of those people um that just every once in a while you meet just an acting genius and Uh I've met like probably three in my life like from going to theater school and being in the arts where you see someone work and they're just like their next level and I think he was that way and that then he became awful to work with okay and he had movies tank and then he got sober. Okay. Um, and he looks back and he also said that his dad may have been an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and he never fit in. He didn't like people much. He was okay. very lonely, very much a loner, um, which I also related to a degree. And just like very withdrawn and in his art. And he was a pretty severe alcoholic. Um, and yeah, like – his story and just like his self-discipline of life mm-hmm. super inspires they me. They call him the godfather of AA, AA or yeah. of sobriety. Yeah. Him and like Elton John, I think. Yeah. They say a lot. The thing, the thing that I just love about him too is like over COVID, he was playing the piano and hanging out with his cats. And like, uh-huh. it's, he's such a scary <laughs> guy because he was Hannibal Lecter. He's like big guy. And like, he's just such a sweet person. And Wales. that's another thing that just inspires me so much yeah, is like smart. how he's dark and yeah. light. Oh, yeah. How he could be that character of Hannibal Lecter. Uh-huh. And like, he is that guy yeah. when you oh, see yeah. him play it. Like, yeah. he is terrifying. Yeah. yeah. So scary. And he just sees the darkness and the light in himself and in others. And like, he's just so motivational. I love him. And he's Hopkins. done so much in the... AA so community. I remember like when I was in rehab they talked quite a bit about Anthony Hopkins yeah. and his involvement in the community and at the time like obviously always having grown up my dad in film and like have mm-hmm. such an interest in mm-hmm. film and I was like wow like he's so successful yeah. and like to know and at the time I hadn't you don't really consider this was I guess now so almost 10 years ago less of them, they, like, less of them were talking about yes. it and less leaning into first. that vulnerability and I was like wow that he's like out here like owning Mm-hmm. his struggles and like turning it into a positive and helping people and devoting his time and energy to doing that I was like yeah bad ass yeah and he was doing that before so many others and before just, it was cool yeah and he was just like he's so vulnerable every interview I watch of him and the best thing is too is like he's one of the greatest actors of all uh-huh. time and like uh-huh. Leonardo DiCaprio one of the greatest actors of all time knows it Anthony Hopkins is like yeah, that's like part of who I am. Like I am the greatest at that, but like I love this cat. And it's just Uh like he he talks about acting. I think I admire him so much as an artist because he talks about acting um, from such a childlike love and Uh passion. And it's not about winning an Oscar for him. It's about having fun on set, playing, telling the story the best that he can Mm -hmm. tell it. And I I just admire that because you know that if he didn't make it, and he wasn't Anthony Hopkins. He'd be at his local community theater in yeah, Wales, yeah. just like fucking killing caring. it, working. Do you know how old he is? I think he's in his eighties, and he's been sober for like almost like fifty years. Yeah, right? he just celebrated. Yeah, yeah. like something. Oh, fifty. I think forty-five. 40, I think even more, forty-seven, something like that. Longer, yeah, yeah. which is crazy. So he yeah. got, I guess, sober in his thirties, early thirties, yeah. which is a remarkable thing to do, considering yeah. how long people can go down that path i bet he was was he sober as hannibal lecter i think so was he he must have been that's crazy that movie was made that's... in like 93 or 96 uh-huh. wow that was really anthony hopkins had a hot yeah, couple well... years right when he got sober yeah 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 he did meet joe black yeah yeah, yeah. well he probably wouldn't have been able to do them had it not been for his sobriety and it's phenomenal we love you anthony hopkins yeah let's let's what's your who's let's yours talk, oh, we oh gotta God. keep we could talk about anthony could, hopkins know, all, all day, day but we okay. gotta move on because all we right. have a lot to get through I'll, okay, my first one I'll do is Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love him. In your late 20s, you stopped drinking. Stopped drinking, yeah. Very difficult? No, beautiful. Unbelievable. Better. Oh, are you kidding? I would never be sitting here with you. No way, no chance. Because? Because I wouldn't have been able to have access to myself or other people or even been able to take in other people uh, if I hadn't changed my life. No way. And I never would have been able to... 
have relationships that I do. I never would have been able to take care of my father the way I did when he was sick. So many things. We love us some Bradley Cooper. We love us. What's your favorite Bradley Cooper movie? Limitless. What? Okay, this is here we go. Oh, guys! Every day living with Jamie, it's like she asked me if I've seen a movie. You like movies? What she asked me? I mean, I haven't seen seen Joe Black, but you haven't seen Limitless, like. And then she says this to me. And it's every okay, movie. Back to Bradley Cooper. Back to Bradley Cooper. Limitless is probably my favorite. What's your favorite Bradley Cooper movie? I don't even know. The Hangover? Okay. Yeah. Great. Classic. And that's that was what like shot him to yeah. his like the success he's at what now. Are his but other movies. So many. Name some. American Sniper, um, Silver like Linings Playbook. Sniper. He's been like this, I've always kind of been inspired by his story and he used to like lightly talk about it but also he wasn't as famous maybe at the time but he it resonates with me because I feel like he got sober at 29 his 20s it was kind of a shit show he came from like a normal family like on the east coast oh and he was in oh my god what's it called with that lady gaga huge and he's not what's that called tell me something yeah yeah boy. oh my god what is that called again dun, 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 wait dun, why are we blinking uh don't google it we I can find to. i know we can, like, no, use our brain power um everyone's yelling it at the screen right now i can feel um, your energy everybody um a star is born a yeah. star is born huge like come on that was massive anyway which is interesting because a lot of the movies he has done in the last 10 years or so have this theme of addiction alcoholism like self-torture and mm-hmm. all of these things limitless a star is born um i mean hangover obviously but they yeah. get like blackout but um so he was like had a normal life on the east coast normal family he went to like graduated with honors from georgetown university i think Mm -hmm. um and pursued a career in acting and got he was had like a regular spot on the show alias uh, opposite jennifer garner um so found success there but i think he i don't know what came first but he got an injury like an achilles tendon injury or something and i think got addicted to painkillers and then any then it got him into like drugs and alcohol and I don't know if it was because of the injury and that stuff or already, but he felt like he was getting less screen time on the show. So he had like massive self-esteem issues, which you'd be like Bradley Cooper with self-esteem issues. Like how, but I got you. Yeah. So he had, um, he felt like he was getting less airtime on the show. And so before he could even like do like before he could even like try to get better or try to show up on Saturday the things he asked that JJ Abrams write him out of the show so he sabotaged and he didn't even actually know if like I mean I guess he probably knew if he's getting less airtime but like it he sabotaged and got himself off the show and that just propelled him into like more depression, more depression right, yeah. self-esteem issues so he fell into depression and suicidal thoughts felt like he was a failure and there was even a time, I think, when he was drunk, he, like, intentionally smashed his head on the concrete. Like, just crazy things, obviously, leading to hospitalization. He was just not in a good place. And it was just the catch-22. These thoughts kept reading the addiction and so forth. And so he was good friends with Amy Poehler and Will Arnett. And they kind of had a bit of snarky humor. Like, not, like, mean, but they could make funny comments at their style of comedy and just how good they were with people at dinner parties, things like that. And he wanted to emulate their style. And he recalled being at a dinner party with them one night. And they were good friends. And he was drunk and just being mean. Like, he thought he was being funny, but he was not I guess and so maybe the next day or a couple days later and he actually talks about this on Smartless shout out one of my favorite podcasts it's with Jason Bateman Will Arnett and Sean Hayes um and he's good friends with them but Jason Bateman and Will Arnett are also sober and Will Arnett at the time so this was I guess when Bradley Cooper was 29 and Will Arnett was already sober at that point and he came over the next day or a few days after to Bradley's and came in and it was like 4 p.m. and he was like hey like how did you think that dinner went Brad and Bradley was like oh like it was great like I feel like I killed it it was so funny and Will Arnett was like no you actually didn't like you were a total asshole 
and have you taken your dogs outside yet like it's 4 p.m they're at the door like get your shit together like what's going on basically and that was the moment he had like the aha moment in his life being like oh my god like what am I doing and they talk about it on this episode of the podcast where he's like you changed my life and Will is kind of like taken aback and yeah. doesn't want to take the credit for it That's but so amazing that he's so open about that's the moment that he yeah he said that's the moment a lot of celebrities oh yeah aren't that open no and it was a dark moment for him being like thinking he was the shit and he was so cool at this dinner party and killing it and it's like no you were such a dick to people you were mean and like look at your dogs it's 4 p.m and they're dying to go outside and you're just like get it like you're almost 30 and he that was the moment he said like it changed everything in his life so from 29 to 34 he did a lot of work on himself had some breakthroughs with his self-esteem and like like we've talked about where it's not just like you get sober and everything's better like Mm -hmm. there's still some time there's still work to do but in those few years he did a lot of work on himself got sober he did go to rehab um and i think he did this 12 steps program Mm -hmm. and he got the hangover at 36 and wouldn't have gotten that had no. he he knew that like and especially in that moment with will arnett he knew he was similar to how i felt when i got sober being yeah. like i am not living up to my potential is that there, is that why your his story appeals so, so much some of it like he inspires me because i mean first i chose him because like i just i love bradley cooper yes. as an actor but his story does resonate with me and my own where we got sober at similar ages. I was 27. He was 29. In that moment with Will Arnett, I'm sure that was not his lowest actual moment of the work. It wasn't the worst thing he'd done drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'd done many bad things, but there's just this moment being like, there is so much more in this life that I want and I deserve. And if I keep going down this road, I'm going to throw it all away. And like time is you're not getting any of it back so make better use of it going forward Mm -hmm. so he did that work in those few years after where like i relate to that and you know similar ages like just he's probably cooper he's so sick he's so sick but so he got sober 29 did the work um, and even still, he said he still struggles with self-esteem, which yeah. you're like, that's crazy. You're Bradley yeah. Cooper, but he's human. Like we all yeah. are to like, we all have to work on that stuff forever. Um, but then, yeah, he got the hangover at 36 and obviously shot to fame and stardom and then was getting everything And his whole, it, he never reached like that level of success in his addiction, yeah. in his active addiction. And he probably wouldn't have, he was sabotaging. Yeah. Like. He had opportunities and he was throwing, he was asking to be written off and yeah, he, he's so accomplished now and he's just such an inspiration and it's so sweet. Like hearing that episode with them is just so like, I, like I respect all of them so much at what they do and then knowing that they're all sober and like the sense of community that they have for each other and helping each other as friends and like they really care, um, is really, really sweet. And he since, it, it's nice that like what Will Arnett did for him, Bradley Cooper has now done for Brad Pitt, which is really like, and think what you want based on whatever's happened between Angelina and Brad Pitt. Like, yeah. and I'm sure he did whatever they say he did on that plane. I don't know. I believe that he right? did that. But yeah, he's gotten but sober. He's, gotten, he's sober. gotten sober. And like he, Bradley Cooper gave him an award on stage and Brad Pitt was like thanked everything to Bradley Cooper yeah. for giving him his sobriety and pushing him there. Um, but yeah, and like he's had a daughter and his daughter now, he says, is like the world to him and like being sober, like it, it, he's made this perfect little human and he mm-hmm. would do anything. So, yeah, he's just such an inspiration. I mean, he's just he's so cool. He just keeps getting better with age. You have a crush. Somebody has I've a crush. a huge crush. Somebody has a crush on Bradley, on Bradley Cooper. Cooper. But yeah. And, and then those movies, A Star is Born, Limitless, The Hangover some other ones he's done but have those the- like themes of yeah. like oh you gotta watch we'll, we'll watch Limitless but it's so sick and Star is Born like he also wouldn't have been able to do these roles as well had he not been able to really be there himself in these dark places mm-hmm. he the his ability to get there in the role was because of where he's been in his mm-hmm. real life but love you Brad call Jamie if you're, Call, if you're oh single God, well, I, or I'm you, not single right now but 
So you wouldn't break up with your boyfriend for Bradley Cooper? <laughs> I would be like, can we bring him in? Yeah, you would want a third, a second boyfriend. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so who's your second one? My second one is an interesting antithesis to Bradley Cooper. Okay. Uh, because she was at the height of her pill addiction and alcoholism, um, at the height of her extreme success. Mm-hmm. So it is the one and only Jamie Lee Ooh. Curtis. Hello, Jamie. Um. And the reason I chose Jamie Lee Curtis is because of this clip, which I'm about to play for you. Being sober is going to be a legacy for sure. Yes. Because you're you're stopping what has been a generational issue yeah, true. in my biological family. So for me, sobriety is the greatest. It will be the single greatest thing I do if I can stay sober. Yeah. I mean, this without question. Okay, so now that you've seen the clip... Um, the most inspirational part of that clip is that she says that if she does nothing else in her life but stay sober, that is her greatest accomplishment because she stopped that generational mm-hmm. trauma. And for me, that was just really, really relevant to me because I have so much alcoholism on both sides. My parents aren't alcoholics, but there's a lot of alcoholism on both sides, um, East Coasters. Mm-hmm. So, and prairie, prairie people actually not so much, mostly just from the East Coast, okay. actually, yeah. all my East Coast jeans we got. Uh-huh. We can hit the booze. We know how to party. Um, and I didn't realize that, like, most of the people who have come before me who are alcoholics um, didn't stop at the age that I stopped at. And that's, like, one of the things that I'm so proud of with my own struggles sure. is that I quit when I quit. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that she inspires me for is obviously that and then how her life has gotten better since getting sober and just like one of the most inspirational things about her for me is just how she embraces her age as well. Mm-hmm. She's, she's just, just so like, cool. She's just like such she's a so, fucking badass. Yeah. She gave us Activia. She gave us Halloween. She, she invented Activia yogurt. I mean. Did she? No. She, oh. Have you never seen the Jamie Lee Curtis Activia I mean, commercials? Probably. I'm about to show I you must have. They were uh-huh. iconic. Freak, she gave us Freaky Friday. Free, in the same era as Freaky uh-huh. Friday, yeah, she yeah. had Activia commercials where she'd be like, yeah. get your tummy yeah, yeah. dancing. I've had to have seen them. You would die. Next one. Your Drum next roll, one. Please love her. One of my favorites, Drew Barrymore. Drew, the we one and Drew. only. The Drew. one and only, Drew Barrymore. We love her. We love Another her. Another Another baby. little clip here. I don't drink alcohol anymore. I'm not sober. I don't work a program. That's I, what else I do is, you know, my own business. Right. I, do, I was like, this is a toxic behavior for me. And my whole life, it held me back because I knew that I couldn't, like, surrender to something nor give it up. It was like that definition of insanity. You do the same yeah. shit over and over again, expecting a different result. I was a complete prisoner of my own behavior. And finally, three and a half years ago, I was like, I can't do this anymore. It, Talk about Nepo, baby. Talk she, about a Nepo baby. Well, her dad was John Drew Barrymore, a famous actor, and her grandfather, John Barrymore, was also an actor, but she comes from like hundreds of years. 400 of years of actors. Yeah. Like, can you yeah. even fathom that? What is it? 400 yeah. years of actors in her family. Yeah. She's like 12th or 14th generation yeah. actor in her family. She's probably the most famous, I guess. Who knows? Well, no, like they the were time. like globally famous I guess, at the time, right? but like, they were in theater. Like yeah, people would, you would travel yeah, to, to see go the see Barrymore's. them, the Barrymores. Like yeah. if there was a Shakespeare play. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that Anthony Hopkins drank is because he looked up to one of the probably, Barrymores and he was probably, an alcoholic. Yeah. So like Isn't it's all interconnected. Like anyone else 400 years deep yeah. in family actors? Yeah. Like that's crazy. But anyway. So yeah, she was born into the industry. Um, she was, I think, 11 months old. When she was in her first commercial, her parents just put her into it, yeah. right? Her dad was a very, very famous actor, and her mom was born in a d- displaced people's camp in Germany. Oh my God. Yeah, due to the um, Hungarian Second World War. Uh, re- she was a refugee. So there was, you know, not normal like parental discipline and responsibility from her parents right they well no know. that's evident so in her upbringing by her life by her life but she's a very interesting one because she was treated as an adult since she was a little child she um at five years old was it five or six she was six years old when she was in et and she got so famous i mean et was like the movie is still one of the biggest films 
like ever to be released like in terms of box office stuff i think but so at age six she was shot to stardom um like when she went on johnny carson she was like eight nine ten something like that and she's like kind of being flirty with him i remember yeah right like it was like very strange for a child but it's like it was so normal for her yeah um and her parents split up um when she was nine and i think when she was like eight eight or nine her mom took her to studio 54 yeah Yeah. and that's where she was introduced to drugs and alcohol she was like out with her mom and her friends like she was like a nightclub girl yeah yeah, like as like not even 10 yeah she was like out at the clubs yeah and so obviously who was the first person like that's crazy who was like here do a bump or do this or like that's nuts to a child like sure she was drew barrymore but she's a little girl but she wasn't treated like one um so her parents divorced when she was nine she started drinking cocaine she became addicted to cocaine when she was 12 um and by 13 i think she tried to to commit suicide and went to rehab and then had a second stint in rehab at 14 and then her mom actually institutionalized her for 18 months which is so fucked up oh my god yeah institutionalized her uh, so then she was in the institution yeah. for 18 months a year and a half and her mom visited her visited her occasionally like not even that much yeah crazy and so she they let her she emancipated herself from her mom coming out so 14 15 then she was living on her own in an apartment like she talked about how she like didn't know how to run an apartment by herself there was yeah. like fungus and things like she was living alone at 14 and now in hollywood she was deemed unfit to work and they weren't the the monster that created her is now not giving her work so at points she was like cleaning toilets or washrooms Mm -hmm. like she was just working random jobs um she couldn't get auditions like she was like at one point one of the most famous people and then as a teenager getting no work and finally um she was able she was employed around 1920 started getting more things and then was getting you know like in the 90s she became she was like she was, like movie. She was the sweetheart. it girl america's sweetheart so her 20s when she was getting employed again and you know yeah. getting all these movies never been kissed the wedding singer like and then obviously in the early 2000s charlie's angels and all these things so her 20s became her kind of getting her adolescence back and she partied Party. she did all of the things but she was able to function with work work was always she was a workhorse and yeah. she was always able to make that happen i mean she was bred into it and she yeah she started her own production company never been kissed was her first movie she produced i wow. think wow yeah so she was killing it then professionally yeah. and was totally back and at the top of her game but was still like such an addict by the time she was like in her mid 20s she'd already been married and twice divorced yeah to what's his to face? tom green tom green that. oh my god i Charlie's Angels is, like to tom the chad green. the chad yeah i met tom green so why nice can guy. i ask you why she inspires you well so she inspires me because like like why'd you choose drew i just i love drew barrymore like i love her so much because then like you see like she is such a good soul like she's a good Mm -hmm. person good heart and like bad things happen to her Mm -hmm. and she like never really let it fully destroy her like i mean even knowing like how she's institutionalized Mm -hmm. with with her parents all of these things like she never let it actually destroy her like just sobriety was getting i'm sorry the addiction was obviously Mm. had a huge toll on her but she never let it like really destroy her right and she struggled with it on and off like even still so then at some point when did she get sober like um she's been see she's okay this is what i find interesting too about all of these celebrities is like when you're doing research for them there's gaps i mean i guess there is with every addict but mm-hmm. when they're when they're celebrities it's interesting because yeah. like and they're so there's they're up and down and drew is someone who's so up she, and down she also she inspires me and her story resonates with me because she too knew in her active addiction that she would always one day master sobriety and that she would do this where I knew too and the same with when I lost a lot of weight and I was like still doing this to myself but I knew I was like there's this voice the back of my head that Mm -hmm. is like this is not the life for you and I don't I don't know if other people who are addicts have that because most of them don't get off but I did 
and I knew it was there. It was being like, this isn't life for you. There's more out there mm. for you. So she had that too. And so she got sober at some point and maybe would like drink here or there. Her, her issues was really mostly like drugs and cocaine. And that was her oh, like uppers, uppers and things, but, uh, alcohol too. And then she got married again and had a couple kids. And I think in 2016, they were getting a divorce. And before the divorce, she had moved from Los Angeles to New York city for him because his family was there and started a life there and when they got divorced it just like almost destroyed her she started drinking again she fell off the wagon um to the point like even her longtime therapist dismissed her as a client because of her drinking and was like i can't yeah which is like that's imagine huge. your therapist, your therapist fires because you? you drink and that's crazy but it was like she knew she had like her friends cameron diaz they were all still there for her mm -hmm. and knew like they could see the light at the end of the tunnel for her but it did take some tough love and mm -hmm. she did she was going through it her going on angie cohen uh, watch what happens live she got pretty drunk um just different things but she it was then i think 2019 so there were a few years where she was kind of back at it oh so she was she <clears throat> relapsed for a long she time. relapsed for a bit i think i don't know if it was the full three years that she was relapsing but um she was offered in 2019 she was offered the opportunity and i think i think she stayed in new york because of her kids and to be close to the dad and all that she was doing this for the kids but she wasn't like being the best she could be because of the drinking. Mm -hmm. um, but then in 2019, she was offered the opportunity to have her talk show. And she knew then like, I can do this and I can kill this, but I can't do it with drinking. Yeah. And so I think she stopped drinking after they filmed the pilot or the first episode. She was like, that's it. I can't. Wow. And then she doesn't talk about it too much because especially the first years, it's now been, f I guess, four years since she's gotten, she's quit. Yeah. The first couple of years was she was kind of quiet and private about it because she knew how she'd relapsed before. So she, I yeah. think she wanted to just do this privately and on her own. Mm. But, and her, her vulnerability, like in knowing like she's relapsed and it's like, she's been through so much and she's human and like mm -hmm. she's overcome i mean like she was an addict since she was like eight nine ten like that's crazy and that she's able to have a career with such longevity and and being such an a-lister and like mm -hmm. she's so beloved and everyone's behind her and like i don't know she's just so relatable and likable mm -hmm. and like she's america's sweetheart like love drew barrymore mm -hmm. and yeah that she's done it again for her kids and she, with her show like she continues to strive for success and be the best version of herself um yeah she's i love her she's an inspiration love we love drew barrymore we love her i love that and then your last one's another so my last lady. one is a mysterious lady oh. we all know she is a mysterious lady so there's no mm -hmm. clip for this one because uh there is no real interview unless i can find one but she's been very quiet about this. But I wanted to talk about someone who is a little younger, who um, isn't an alcoholic per se because I quit drinking. I don't really consider myself an alcoholic. Um, I definitely was abusing alcohol and I definitely was deeply suffering from mental health consequences of putting a drug into my body regularly. But um, I quit so young and I nipped it in the bud. And I think that this is a great... Um, example to people who might just want to cut back or do breaks and this is somebody who does breaks and that is the one and only Bella Hadid mm, so we if you're listening to this you're probably in the demographic that knows who Bella Hadid is okay, um, yes. she is a f one of the most famous supermodels in the world mm -hmm. Kendall Jenner is technically I think the highest paid supermodel in the world but Bella Hadid is should be the highest yeah, paid supermodel yeah, in the world Bella's she's the gorgeous. best she's kind of like She's just the one and only supermodel so that we have. Like when she walks, she's so professional. She does every pair yeah. of shows. She's her mom was a. I mean, her sister Gigi who did. Her mom, her mom is an almond, the ultimate yeah. almond mom boss. Oh god, yeah. Her mom <laughs> is the ultimate <laughs> almond mom that you fight at the end of all the almond moms that you've defeated. Uh -huh. um, Yolanda, um, and yeah, her sister's Gigi. She's a very, very gorgeous, gorgeous, comes from stunning woman. Lots of money. Comes from a lot of money. Comes from a lot of privilege. Her mom was on The Housewives. Her dad is a real estate mogul. Mm -hmm. um, she's half Dutch, half uh, Palestinian. 
and she's just absolutely stunning. She mm-hmm. also had did some of the best cosmetic surgery oh, yeah. work I've ever done, and I mean that totally. with all respect. No, no, hundred percent. Like, I mean, did she get like a few years ago when they were like the most be like based on like scientifically yes. the most symmetrical yes. face in the world? Whoever, did whoever did her, her surgery is like she is. She it's great work. It's amazing flawless. work. Yeah, she's flawless. Stunning. She's, she's stunning. stunning. The fox eyelid, oh. like the facelift. Yeah, her no, no. and her vibe is so amazing. So. She has been on a sober journey that I think is really, really interesting. And it's it's cool because when you watch Housewives, um, when she was like 17, she got a DUI. Oh, yes. Uh, and it's actually on an episode, I think, mm-hmm. of Housewives where yeah. Yolanda's talking about the modeling and she's mm-hmm. obsessed with making the girls lose weight. She's- yeah. Well, and it was – you could even see in those episodes like – it was very much, and Gigi's older, it was mm-hmm. very much like, make Gigi a supermodel. Yes. It was Gigi, Gigi, like, yeah, not Gigi, about. Yeah, Gigi, you have to stop playing volleyball. And she would say, the volleyball women are so big uh-huh. and yeah, models need to like, be small. Like, so she fit. just, and. But the emphasis was on Gigi. So I'm sure, like, mm-hmm. living in that shadow a bit as the younger sister and who, like, mm-hmm. she did get some surgeries to look like mm-hmm. what she looked like. She wasn't as naturally beautiful she's such an incredible yes. model she could be yes. any character I'm, i much prefer her look and her yeah. like as a model over yeah. Gigi. both stunning both but. stunning both great but yeah so bella had a dui so there's some foreshadowing which i also relate to because when i was in theater school my first week of school being out from under my parents i was hospitalized mm-hmm. um there was some foreshadowing for a drinking mm-hmm. problem in high school and in university into my 20s yeah. that i didn't really consider um, and she talks about her mental health a lot with alcohol. So she's actually paired up, um, with, uh, a Saudi Arabian woman is the CEO of her, her like mocktail company that she okay. has. Um, and she's the daughter of a bootlegger. So they kind of combined forces and, um, became a superpower duo and created a mocktail line uh, for people who don't want to drink. I also really appreciate her authenticity when she talks about quitting drinking. She hasn't mentioned it a ton of times. She has posted Mm -hmm. on her Instagram, like alcohol free for six months. And she has, she get asked in interviews. Um, not really, no. And I think that she probably says don't talk about it. That's what I think. Why? Um, Especially because it's like, you'd get more publicity talking about it. I think, I think because if I'm being honest, this is full speculation. I think a lot of her drinking problems and cocaine problems, um, I think were pretty severe. And I Mm -hmm. think that because of the weekend songs Mm -hmm. and I think the weekend is a narcissist. This is full speculation of sky celebrity. He's like dating her friends and this. I think that he is, was emotionally abusive. She's pretty young when they dated. Very young for like five years. They were on and off. She had a, I mean, Yolanda Hadid is not the <laughs> nicest, most caring mother in the world. Like I'm fucking Tell sorry you to say. To if you're yeah. hungry, have a couple almonds. Yeah, have a couple almonds. If you feel like you're in a faint. Yeah, not even if you're no. hungry. Oh, the hunger you're no. gonna pass out, honey. Have a couple almonds. No. So and she I, didn't last on the house. I think that Bella Hadid has been in a to- in toxic relationships mm-hmm. and be re- and been repeating this for she wasn't as pretty as Gigi yeah. because she was more ethnic looking mm-hmm. and her da- so her dad like likes like she's her dad's favorite, but uh-huh. really I think that's because Yolanda treated her different because uh-huh. she was more Palestinian looking yeah. over more Dutch looking and just like yeah Gigi's the only Dutch looking yeah because there's four of them yeah. well three and then one from his so previous. in my opinion I think that probably Abel has a lot to answer for and I think that uh-huh. she he always sings about how his girl's doing cocaine backstage before walking the uh-huh. catwalk like okay, so all of these themes yeah. are drug and alcohol yeah. I can't feel my face when I'm Why with you, you. Like she's so skinny a lot of those yeah. songs are are because of um are, are themes of having a girlfriend with a drug and yeah. alcohol addiction mm-hmm. um so people have speculated if they're about Selena and stuff but I, I, I don't think, think they're so, about yeah. Bella Hadid and so I think that she was suffering from extreme anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. She talks about – she does speak openly about alcohol having to do with anxiety. Okay, yeah. Where she'll have so much anxiety um, about going out that she doesn't mm-hmm. want to drink at all when she goes out, which, like, I definitely yeah. relate to. Um, yeah. Like, you you don't, can't control your drinking when you're out because you have so much anxiety yeah. about being around people and, and stuff. you can relate to the anxiety around it. Definitely. Like, yeah. I don't like being around people that I don't – it's not that I don't know you well, but like if I don't like you that much, I feel uncomfortable yeah, around you. Yeah. And so I'll drink to like, mm-hmm. I used to drink to like make it so I could talk yeah. to you, but now I just excuse myself. Yeah. And I'm like, I or gotta don't go. go. Or I don't go. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of times I'll just be like, I'm going over there. Yeah. If I'm, I'm don't go like stand someone. over here. Yeah. I'll literally, or sometimes <laughs> I'll just been like, right there. Yeah. and walked away. Yeah. Anything. She is more sober curious of the genre mm-hmm. of sober curious. So she takes 
large breaks about um, from alcohol for about six months and then she'll have some mm-hmm. drinks okay. and then she'll take another six month okay. break. Recently, she was seen partying in Vegas and mm-hmm. she was fully sober and mm-hmm. she celebrated she it on TikTok it, yeah. and Instagram. So mm-hmm. good for her. Shout out to Bella Hadid. Shout and out. hopefully if there's, you know, more severe issues under there um, that you're killing it, Bella Hadid, mm-hmm. and we love you and you're such an incredible model and mm-hmm. your walks in Paris Fashion Week are incredible. So She's shout out beautiful. to you. Yeah. And obviously we look up to her because she's the one and only Bella Hadid. Absolutely. <laughs> right? She's stunning. She, what, what the fuck is with yeah, that face, right? She's beautiful. She's she just really so is. beautiful. Yeah. 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 So my last one, the one and only. The one and only. Steve-O. Okay. Are you going to show a clip? I'll show a little clip. One thing I didn't say about alcoholism before is that um, that I'm super grateful that I have it so bad. <laughs> that I don't have to like wonder if I need to be involved in all of the, the stuff that sober people do. Because the worst thing would be to kind of have, have alcoholism. The worst thing would be to have alcoholism just bad enough that it really slows you down, like destroys your potential, you know, like gets in the way of and but it's not so bad that it has to stop. Yeah, so. A bit about Steve-O's sobriety. I mean, as most of us know, he was in Jackass. Yeah, I was a huge Jackass fan. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, for real. Like, did like no, I did you do Jackass stuff? We did, like, no. Like, I mean, a little bit. Or, like, with siblings, whatever. But, like, remember we did a project. I don't even. Like, okay. Like, huge Jackass fan. Okay? I was obsessed with the movies. I was absolutely obsessed. I wasn't really allowed to watch oh, Jackass really? as a kid. Oh, okay. No, we were. I watched Silence of. Speaking of Anthony Hopkins, my dad showed me Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, when like I was seven. Yeah, like you were normal, out here. But like I feel like <laughs> <laughs> that's probably not normal, but yeah. And that's why I have addiction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. That's what happens no. when you show no. R-rated movies no. to seven-year-olds. No. Yeah, I immediately picked up a bottle of alcohol. Yeah, no, a but, bottle of booze. But, um, oh yeah, I was so into Jackass, and I had two older brothers, and like yeah. just loved Jackass. They were wild boys. Like, I was truly obsessed with Bam Margera. Sad story, seeing his addiction mm. now. But anyway, I loved all of them. Steve-O, I love Steve-O's story. And he's so outspoken. And, mm. like, he is out here spreading the word about mm-hmm. alcoholism and, and yeah. depression and addiction yeah. and helping I, so I, many people. I actually was going to say mm-hmm. that I have listened to a lot of Steve-O in yeah. my early yeah. sobriety because uh-huh. he is one of the only ones available on oh, YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's everywhere. Like for celebrities, he's Absolutely. out here. I love and he talks about how like f- 5% of people who get sober or like go to get sober, stay sober, 5% mm. of them, long-term sobriety and a lot, a huge percentage of the others die from alcohol-related mm. deaths or the alcoholism itself. But the 5% that like get sober or such a community and stay together and are like you know pack animals and the the weak maybe stray and mm-hmm. then they're more vulnerable but the ones who don't like really stay together and help each other through it there's such a sense of community and something that they do is like you they love to just help people like i love he says the same like when people reach out about getting sober or whatever like i love that like i'm so mm-hmm. like appreciate their vulnerability like want just want to help mm-hmm. that's why we're doing this podcast but Anyway, so Steve-O, he had a quite uncomfortable childhood and upbringing. Um, there's a lot of addiction in his family. On his mom's side, he said everybody who's died has died from addiction or suicide, which is so messed from up. alcohol mostly? Mostly alcohol. Um, yeah, he is the only person in his family who's achieved long-term sobriety, like to this day, yeah, which is really sad. Um, and, you know jackass like they were wild the things they were doing like he was consuming so many drugs and alcohol like you know the stunts he was doing were next level yeah like him especially like with the stunts he was doing the craziest things he was just like had a death wish yeah um yeah it was like watching someone suicide yeah no no, for sure and he was like he had bad depression yeah all of these things so like of course it just was a vicious cycle and he was doing these crazy stunts and all of it um and jackass was huge it was massive right like but his addiction was bad and actually i think it was like what's it by enacting california's 5150 law 
they were Johnny Knoxville and Jeff Tremaine, who was the director of Jackass, were able to forcibly get him into rehab because normally it's like you can only like you can't force someone into it, but they were able to with this law. Um, and he says like he's such a lover, he's not a fighter, so like he went pretty like he didn't really put up a fight, but he went. And it was only like, even though it was a forcible thing, it was only 72 hour. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of how bad his state was, mm-hmm. the the facility actually was like, we're keeping you for two weeks. And he says that by day seven, he decided, was like, okay, I'm I'm doing it. Like, if, I, and if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And like, use every resource I have to get sober. So he stayed for a few weeks. He did, he did the um, rehab. And he got sober. I don't. Th- I don't think he's had any stints since or any. He relapses. hasn't relapsed at all. No, he just celebrated. And something that resonates with him, with me in his story. Yeah, we actually have the same sober birth or anniversary. Yeah, uh, March tenth. So I just celebrated my three year, and he celebrated his fifteen. Wow, which is great. Um, yeah, and he's still done. Like they've done another movie since, and mm. he did it sober, obviously. Um. But yeah, something just a switch went off, much like it did for me for one you, day, yeah. where it was like, I'm done, and it's, you know, that's it. One of my favorite things about Stevo mm-hmm. is when he's just so still Stevo, even though he's sober. Uh, yeah, he's so like, I just love how he never authentic changed. he is to yeah. himself, and yeah, like yeah. he's just calmer and kinder. Oh, he's and so kind. He's such a best. good guy, and like. That's what I noticed yeah. about him. And yeah. I always found it so curious that he got sober and how outspoken he is. Totally. And I just I that inspires me to be authentic in my sobriety. Yeah. I think a lot of people didn't They think even it needs to dim their light or it needs to you're gonna be or less... I can't be like party girl sky no, and like you can still be this thing. I, I still better. am like funny and fun and Absolutely. I love to shake my ass. You know what I mean? And wear <laughs> yeah. a little slutty outfit. And that part yeah. of me will never die. No. Well, well the never part of me her. that died was the one that wasn't doing it as well. I was doing it then, but yeah. like sad and then i was getting in a fight with some guy or doing this or doing that or crying or going home and feeling depressed for four days now i'm like i'm such the life of the party i love to dance i love to have a good time like way more inspires me to be like a better more authentic version of myself for sure and johnny knoxville has said like steve-o did drugs and alcohol hard Mm -hmm. and he's doing sober harder than that like harder Mm -hmm. than how he was doing drugs he is doing sobriety harder and he is. He, he look at him like he's his addiction. He's you know, just applied it now to something good. He's helping so many people. The conversations he has. What was he's the out quote? Here. You're, I know you're going to share it, but what uh-huh. was your your quote that you love from Stevo? Oh, I yeah, love it too. Yeah. It's so it just really hit me. I was like, wow. He says he talks about addiction and you know addiction as a disease of the mind and the brain. And but it's the difference with this and other diseases is that the difference is with addiction when you get treated yeah when you treat the addiction or sorry when you treat the illness you are better than you ever were before yeah. whereas with other illnesses other diseases your only hope is that you could get back to the point that you're at but you will never be better you'll hopefully get to a point of being okay yeah. or being at the same but with addiction you will be better than you ever were yeah and i was like wow that is so true like because i know that that my literally life, just life, gave me i know and i'm like it's such a it's such a profound way to view sobriety because yeah. it's like it's such a pleasure and such a gift to be getting it yeah it's not you're not taking anything away from your life but bad everything that is going to come is going to be good yeah but you have to work at it and you have to have faith you have to have faith and he even like he talks about how like he read something in his 30s when did what how old is he when he quit do you know uh let me just look now. So he's 49. So he got sober. Steve got sober at 34. Yeah. So in his 30s, I guess just before that, he had read something about like, oh, at 38, you're like halfway through your life. And he was like, fuck, I still have half to go, like in a negative way. Whoa. I know. And then he was like, hey, that's so fucked up that I'm dreading the rest of my life. So yeah. yeah Anthony he, Hopkins quit at 37. 37. Yeah, okay. Nice. Nice. So he, yeah, he turned it all around for himself um, and now just applies all this energy and intention mm-hmm. into doing good. And like something also about Steve-O, he's like vegan, vegetarian. I'm vegan, vegetarian. Like 
I love animals. He loves animals so much. Like he's he had rescued a dog with his mm-hmm. fiance who he like adores and he like goes to animal shelters all over. He went to the Toronto Humane Society, like got all these dogs adopted, paid for all the adoption fees. Like he cares so much. I mean, he's done some pretty crazy activist things for mm-hmm. animals. Um, but like all the respect to him. Like he care yeah. he cares about things on a level that I do and I'm like it really resonates with me having the same anniversary. Um yeah, like I just love how much he cares about animals. And even like when he they would do him and uh Chris Pontius were on Wild Boys. They did after Jackass, but it was like they were out in the wild, like doing some oh. wild animal stuff. But like I loved it. I loved it. Um yeah, I just love his care for people and yeah. animals and his friends. And he's since it's really sad to have seen, but he's since done so much to try to help Bam Margera get sober and it's like Yeah, I've seen interviews. Yeah, and obviously Ryan Dunn died from drinking and driving and that destroyed bam and you know there's only so much steve-o can do for his friend bam but it is really inspiring to see steve-o come out on the other side and just live this life like it's it's so it's so inspiring i'm just i'm moved by his work in in the field you know the (laughs) thing that's really cool about i i'm I can have nothing in common with really cool people, but I do have sobriety in common with really Mm -hmm. cool people. And I think that that's so inspiring. The fact that we, as people who don't drink, share the same space as so many inspiring, incredible people. And and just the fact that you do end up better on the other side than you ever have before once you beat that. And even if alcohol's, you know... I'm just excited for the future in some ways in these spaces because we are talking about it so much more mm-hmm. and like and we're up and creating coming. a space too for others we to are. listen in. Yeah, absolutely, and especially for women, which is very yeah. difficult because a lot of women aren't talking about their I know, sobriety. I know. It was hard it, like I I tried to um choose other women and it mm-hmm. was really difficult. There's not as many. There's yeah. not as many. Is there any and- honorable mention you want to do? <laughs> Well, okay, and one last thing I'll say because with about Stevo is what I because our drinking habits and our problems were so different. Like mm-hmm. mine was like further down on the spectrum of like destruction in my life. Well, and you were a binge drinker. I was a binge drinker, yeah. and he too. Like he has, he is now grateful for how bad his alcoholism was mm-hmm. because it just made him be like, I just need to get a hold of this. For me too, it was so bad. Maybe had it not been as bad. I would have lived with it for longer in the ways that other people function in society, but it's a problem for them. And one of my main takeaways from doing some research on some of these sober celebrities was how much you learn about addiction through other addicts. I notice the more I read about other people, I'm like, I just, the little tidbits they say or their, their thoughts on things or their experiences, it teaches me something about addiction and even things about myself that I wasn't, I didn't think to pinpoint or put a thought to. Um, but yeah, there's power in numbers and masses who've quit and can help those that are still struggling. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to do here. Um, honorable mentions. I'd like to hear yours first. I got two. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was okay. going to switch. <laughs> this morning okay. I was going to switch it, but I, okay. I didn't have. Okay. Like he, he doesn't talk about it very often. All right. Okay. My first one that you guys aren't going to believe is... 50 cent oh okay so 50 cent has never done drugs or alcohol what he's one of those he's one of those what he does is he he will pour every he had a line of champagne oh yeah so if you're in his booth at the club he pours he said this in his book he pours everyone champagne then he gets Mm -hmm. his assistant to go Mm -hmm. fill the champagne bottle with ginger ale and then drinks it straight from the bottle the rest of the night the bottle what was his reason for not ever um he just knows it doesn't lead to any good. Okay, good. And he was a drug dealer, I think, at like the age of 12. Okay, wow. Uh, when he lived with his grandma. Yeah. So first of all, 50 Cent's book is incredible. <laughs> I listen to tidbits of it okay. on TikTok. It okay. always comes up. Nice. And like just all of his stories. I gotta get on that algorithm. he tells a story about how like P. Diddy tried to get him to smoke a joint and everyone was chanting. Okay, and, like, wow. he, so he's like sober, sober. He's sober, sober. Uh-huh. He does not touch drugs or him. alcohol. And then he's even talked about on The Breakfast Club, he was like, if I have like a glass of wine, like I'm fucking done i'm so mm-hmm. drunk and it's crazy because 50 cent is just such an incredible entrepreneur he mm-hmm. is such a talented rapper who yeah. always sings about drinking and drugs he's and going he's, on his farewell tour yeah and yeah. he's the most Good sober him. of us all respect 50 that. cent yeah. yeah 
And I mean, it makes sense. He's in great shape. He got chubby a couple of years ago. 50 but- took his sobriety to 100. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So we love 50 Cent. He's yeah. my first honorable okay. mention. Thank you for that. Um, you're so welcome. He's an inspiration to us he all. He's a hustler. And I listen to his music all the time and I find okay. it really inspiring. Yeah. Like Wangsta. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of my favorites. <laughs> Candy Shop. Candy Shop. I yeah. still listen Forget to him. about it. And then also, hear me out, Donald Trump okay. is my other honorable mention because he is not qualified ever at all to be the president of the United States, and yet he was. Mm-hmm. So he just goes to show that if you're a narcissist yep. and, and you sober. don't drink, you, you can do anything. <laughs> literally, though. You literally. Can say what you want about him. Say what you want. But he was a president. and He's like, hear me out. What? Yeah. And he's just actually, if you take him out of context, he's very, very funny. Yes, comedically. of course. Of course. But, um, have you watched any of his? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Shocking. 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 Um when he called Kim Jong-un fat. Oh my when God. he was like, get the skinny angles oh on Kim Jong-un, the dictator of North Korea. And he's like, he looks at Donald Trump <laughs> like, did you just say that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's mine um, because he didn't drink because his brother was a severe alcoholic um and died. And he's always stayed away from that. And I do think he's an inspiration in the way that mm-hmm. he went for it and he yeah. became the president. And Thank we're you. not the president, so Good for Not him. yet. Mar-a-Lago, we'll buy that from him one day. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mine is a little somewhere else in the world. <laughs> yeah, yours is like on the same uh, level as Donald Trump. Yeah. He might be smarter. <laughs> um, Mine is a little man named Beetlejuice. Mm. Lester Green, but he goes by Beetlejuice. Famously made on the Whack Pack from Howard Stern Show. Mm-hmm. Beetlejuice is also, he's gotten, he's shot to fame even more in the last year or something yeah. from TikTok. I'm like, me and my siblings, my siblings and I have loved Beetle for years. He's been a huge yeah. part of my life. Um, I mean, you can show a clip here of Beetle, but he's, he's struggled with alcohol and yeah, drugs for sure. Alcohol mostly. It was definitely had a drinking problem. Sometimes he would come on Howard Stern and be drunk. Those of you who don't know Beetlejuice, he is... <laughs> the character he yeah. uh suffers from microcephaly and dwarfism so he's tiny but also that's not his issue really it's that his brain is about half the size of a regular human brain i think it's the result of some drug use during his pregnancy with his mom but she might have had something i don't know his sister certainly has what he has yeah. anyway he's hilarious he doesn't he's not the brightest tool in the shed yeah or in the toolbox. Yeah, am I gotta I'm try I'm to be even, politically correct yeah. of course i mean i huge beetle, beetle fan yeah like but he's He's a little slower. Yeah. Okay. And he's struggled with alcohol. But I think in his later years, he's gotten back on the wagon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Huge inspiration because he's been out here. Yeah. He's been doing things. He's he's seen some things. He's been doing some so, things a couple of times. A couple of times he he's do. He's had a couple of drinks a couple of ti- and he, he go, doesn't anymore. Who, me? Just hanging around. Hanging around. Who, That's me? Ha- now? Just hanging around. Just hanging around. Sober. So yeah. shout out Beetlejuice. He's no, he, uh, we, we've tweeted before and like, really? Yes. Actually, one time in like high school where I was like 18, 19, I was like talking to his manager about getting him to come to Toronto for a party. It would, would have been like 3000. We didn't end up doing it. Like I would absolutely do that. That's and now he'd probably, I know. Well, this was years ago. Yeah. So now he would probably charge more, but good on you, Beatles. Yeah. We love you, Beat. We love we support being you. in the sober community. We love all of our sober inspirations yeah. and we appreciate it. It was fun so much. to talk about it was really sober fun. I feel yeah. inspired. There's Me so too. many more. So, so many more. Do you like this? We'll do another one on some other celebs. Absolutely. Write in, comment who your favorite celebrities sober yeah. or sober curious are. Yeah. There's so many. So, there's so many. Okay. Love you. Here's our drink of the day. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Today we are going to crack a Clever Mojito to drink on our podcast. It's called Clever Mojito. It's a mocktail. Comes from Quebec, Canada. Quebec, Montreal. Oh, that ASMR. (laughs) Sounds good. Were you a big mojito girl? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was a big everything girl. I like the can a lot. I like, I mean, obviously, plant girls. I like the design, flowers. So this is zero leaves. preservatives. Ooh. Ooh. Um, and there's 70 calories a can. 
It's carbonated water, infused botanical extracts, spearmint, peppermint, and lime peels, sugar, and lime juice, citric acid. So it's pretty basic ingredients that we have here. Yeah, and they make different types of mocktails, not just mojitos, but they're called Clever. Super cute. Yeah, they have um, they actually have like a tonic, a rosé and tonic one that I thought about getting too. So maybe we'll try that one. Give it a try. Cheers. That's nice. It even is like fragrant. Smells like a mojito. Tastes like a mojito. It really, yeah. Right? So this one's really cool, you guys, because it's one of the most alcoholy tasting mocktails I've had in the way that it's not sweet at all. And obviously with it being no preservatives and no fake ingredients, it doesn't taste, doesn't have that like, you know, kind of weird taste that Mm -hmm. some fake drinks could have. And it has real lime juice and dark rum aromas. Oh, so right? It, it's, ha- it's fragrant. It's so fragrant. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's really good. And the really packaging is gorgeous. Yeah. And they also have an amazing podcast check to yeah. check blog. out and blog. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you go on Clever Mojito's website, it leads you there. And um, it's all about how to cut back on alco- alcohol, how to have a healthier relationship with alcohol. Yeah. So we love that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I really like this one. I mean, it's sweet. really not too sweet. It's sweet, but it's not. It tastes like a. It tastes like a real cocktail. Yeah, I know. I didn't drink mojitos very. I mean, I didn't drink cocktails too much to begin with. But like, these are a really nice option. Yeah. Yeah, I do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I'm getting in more into cocktails now that I'm sober <laughs> than ever before. You know, it's crazy. Like, I just like mocktails more than cocktails because it's so much less sugar mm-hmm. than a real cocktail. Oh yeah. I mean, that's so much of why I wasn't drinking them. But mocktails, especially like this. Oh yeah. For sure. Yum, yum. Straight to your tum. Straight to my tum. Okay. <laughs> Thank Thanks you, guys. so much. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Thank you for joining us. Love you. Appreciate you. Stay off the sauce. Stay off the sauce and subscribe. And like. Tell your friends.